and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Welcome everybody to Monk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Introducing first. From someplace far away, he is very nice, very evil, CJ. Being accompanied by his best friend from wherever, Rain, whatever, Freshly Squeeze, to be seen. Who's next? He is a Hollywood hunk. Spence? And now, the best in the It's time for a Honk If You Love Wrestling Thanksgiving Day edition of our podcast. Today we're going to touch on the drama leading up to War Games. Uh, we're going to jump in the nation of speculation for everything that happens and then review everything from full gear. What you got, fellas? We got uh, everyone back. Mr. Rizzo, CJ, TBZ, and Spence is in the house to discuss the subjective art form of professional wrestling. I did it. Let's go. Rizzo, did you just introduce yourself? Like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, He's letting I the did. fans know who's on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you better fucking believe I'm here. <laughs> Listen, one guy who's here. Me moving me. forward, <laughs> and that's my name, and I'm hey. happy about it. And that's making me feel Oscar. Oh, <laughs> got him! This, this podcast is already off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried to kick it to someone for SmackDown, and we've made fun of my name. Let's keep and it on track, fellas. We have we have acknowledged our our tribal chief, Spence. Well, Listen, guys, of our, I'm here and I'm feeling oozy. Let's get going. Speaking of our yes, tribal, tribal chief, chief. <laughs> feeling oozy, we have the Uso Bloodlines competitors kicking off SmackDown. We see Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in the ring. Uh, Sheamus, uh, you know, explaining why uh, Drew McIntyre is on the team, saying that he was the best man at his wedding and they can put differences aside. And for a little while, Drew McIntyre is going to be an honorary brute. So, we have you the know that brutes. shirt's getting made. Oh, you absolutely know that. Mm. Uh, you see, uh, you see those those four gentlemen who are going to take on the bloodline of of the Usos, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and the honorary Us, Sami Zayn. But we don't know who their 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 partner is going to be. They they tease it as someone or the last person that that anybody's going to expect. Uh, so that was a really cool segment to to kick off Raw. But to be fair, uh, sorry to, to to kick off SmackDown. Uh, TBZ, what do you think about that? I just want to say that Michael Cole is really trying to push the war games on this episode here. Like, he was saying it very excitedly and almost felt like he was trying to, like, channel his inner regal. Oh, without a doubt, because they need that sound clip for sure. And I think that they... They're definitely missing that. You're, they're definitely missing that. Without a doubt. And I think that they need Regal back, at least for a one-off. Uh, allow him to do the War Games bit, because he's just so perfect when he says it. But I think that, uh, I think that Michael Cole... Oh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You're saying Michael Cole? Oh, yeah, Michael Cole. Oh, I was just I was going to say, I'm shocked that they haven't done a sound-alike. Like, they could have done a, 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 voice, a voiceover artist to sound like William Regal and say War Games. So, right. Well, they 
they also have some English commentators there as well that that could you know do a you know at least Wait, a could probably enough. say war games pretty well. I was oh. a, a sidebar. I was cracking up at the German announce desk during WrestleMania 34, saying this is WrestleMania, oh, and I was so like, good. perhaps he could say war games. <laughs> <laughs> I think if a German man says war games, it takes on a whole different connotation that we're not ready uh, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, this is why this is why we need Spencer out now. <laughs> I'm sorry about bringing up Hitler. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. <laughs> and speaking of one group of people getting the shit just absolutely kicked out of them, <laughs> let's bring up Mustafa Ali, who, as Mr. Rizzo mentioned just a little bit ago, you know, might go on a tear where, well, the opposite of a tear, where he just gets the shit kicked out of it and goes on a redemption arc. But he ends up uh, losing to Ricochet in a... SmackDown World Cup uh, round one match. This, uh, Ricochet going to the semifinals. This is one of those tough matches. You like, you just want everybody to have a good time, you know? Uh, yeah, just Ali, just, you know, I don't know, he put up a fight, but now he's just being stupid. Oh, I'm injured, but I'm going to keep wrestling. It's like, don't. Even the guy who's about to beat you up is like, please don't. <laughs> I'll uh, say sense. about yes. this about, about Mustafa Ali. Um, when Vince left, I thought the age of punishing wrestlers for asking for their release was over. And I think Triple H is keeping that tradition alive and well by having Mustafa Ali go out and get his ass kicked every week that he's he's on television and then beg to be fired on social media. So he's got to he's got to keep that golden shovel shiny. It just got to keep it. You got to <laughs> just remind everybody what he can do. In the past, CJ, not CJ, Spence, he was not getting even TV time. It was like, we're going to pay you to stay home and not do anything. So if he's getting his ass kicked, like I had said in the past, I thought it might be uh, building to something. And both uh, CJ and TBZ are not sure that a losing storyline is going to work with Ali, but I just thought it would be the only way they're going to build character with Ali to get him a baby face so the crowd cares. Uh, We'll see what happens. Last thing I'm going to say about this bit. Um, I mean, first of all, Mr. Rizzo, you may be right. Uh, I think they are going to push for this. Um, but uh, I, I was I was happy to see Ricochet rep in the U.S. And then I realized Strowman, who's in the same bracket as Ricochet, is also rep in the U.S. And that pointed out to something about the World Cup. U.S. is the only country that has two entrants in this tournament. That's weird. Uh- well, to to kind of to kind of touch on that just really quickly, Mustafa Ali, if I'm not mistaken, is also from like Chicago. He's, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, a former cop from Chicago. <laughs> sure, but they have assigned countries to the entrance. Uh, I'll say this about Mustafa Ali. Like I, I mentioned in the pre-show that I've been watching the OSW reviews of former WrestleManias, and they were talking about the last WrestleMania in New Orleans. I'm not going to pretend that I know Roman numerals and can remember what that, which one that one is. It's 34. Thank you so much. 34. Um, but the storyline that they feel, I feel like they're building to Mustafa Ali is like the underdog comes through, and then at some point he's going to like win the IC or like the US Championship or something like that and get through. Is the same storyline they were playing with him with the cruiserweight belt back in like 2017? Oh, God. Or whatever that was. And it's kind of weird to see them repeat themselves. And I feel like it's like. Triple H, since he took over, has been kind of playing the hits of NXT stuff on Raw and SmackDown, and this feels a lot like that going over again. 
Yes. Raw Raw is now NXT, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's why TBZ and I are so hesitant about that beatdown storyline. It's that we've seen it, we've kind of seen it before, and we've also seen it with like uh not Zack Ryder, but uh uh shoot his uh his partner uh in that losing oh, oh, team. Uh, I... uh, no, Brian, <sighs> he's the guy that did the they do the toy podcast together. What's their name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't remember his name, damn. Um but but we'll get that in a little bit. But yeah, moving on with 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 uh, SmackDown, we see Killer Cross decimate Madcap Moss. There's a little segment with Emma saying, "Madcap, go get him, show him who you really are." And then you know, after the match, Emma checks up on him. They're in a real life relationship. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but you know what I do care about? What I do care about is is Bray Wyatt and LA Knight because this was a really weird segment. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Bray, Bray Wyatt, uh, Kurt Hawkins was was yes, uh, the losing T- streak. <laughs> uh, yes, and Spence got that the losing streak. Kurt Hawkins at best um, it was mid card, and, and oh, that's yeah. the best you can do. <laughs> so congrats, get ready, Ali. You're you're destined for mid card greatness or mid card oh, yeah. menace. Hold on, Hold on. <laughs> if we're gonna just stay with Ali just for a quick second, that's not the losing streak. I was actually thinking it was gonna happen. I actually just meant him. Losing, getting his butt kicked, the crowd feeling for him, him getting a title shot, losing. Well, the crowd better start getting behind him because that element's not happening. I, I don't think it's really going to be a straight um, 17-0 and 0 or 0-17 and streak kind of thing, but... I just meant there's some sympathy that they were going to beat the crap out of him and maybe the crowd, but that's yeah, about it. We'll see what happens. Downs, that's like what fresh. I was getting to with like the Vince thing. The Vince thing would be like Mustafa Ali asked for his release, so now he's going to go th- 0-35 or something like that, and we're going to make a storyline of it. I think this is building to... I'm not going to say it's going to be in the same vein as like Hangman Adam Page. Like he's on the bottom, he's got to work his way up to the top, but like something in that realm of like we see Mustafa claw his way up to a mid card belt or something like that. Yeah, and and you know that that even keeps with, <laughs> that even keeps with what I'm talking about because LA Knight seems to be getting a little bit of a quick push going against a superstar like Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's in the ring talking about all the horrible things that he wants to do to LA Knight from last week, and this was cool. He calls he calls LA Knight out to apologize, and he apologizes to him, and he and 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 he goes and he says, "I want you to come in and shake my hand." And LA Knight gets on to the hardest part of the ring. And he slaps LA Knight right in the or he slaps Bray Wyatt right in the goddamn face twice, if I'm not mistaken. Slaps him two times. Uh, I know at least on a, one time on a uh, two for one special, as LA Knight that, said. <laughs> exactly the two for one. And Bray Wyatt is just he's on the ring and he's just staring off into the fucking middle distance like a death row prisoner on suicide watch. And it's it's weird. It's just it was really creepy. yeah. It was strange. I believe that there was a the, a second after Bray got slapped the second time that the screen behind him when he was staring flickered a little bit. It flickered. Yeah, I thought I saw that, but I didn't know. Do we Gentlemen, know who, who among us has never been slapped in the face so hard that the TV behind them flickered? I mean, I yeah, no, that was high school <laughs> for me. That was high school. Most of college and through yeah, yeah after college. up in yeah. CJ. I think I did that a couple. I think I I'm was. Pre- the one. Yeah, no, you and TBZ as well. Actually, <laughs> right. Mister Rizzo, I am pretty sure you're the only person on this podcast that has not slapped the taste out of well, my somebody's mouth. Somebody's got to keep you in line. All right, <laughs> yeah, listen, you said so yourself a couple episodes ago. Talk about Biggie that way. Just I had like just later on, the slaps. 
Oh, that's yeah. But just like what happened to TBZ and Spence after they did that, uh, days later, we see LA Knight later on just trapped behind a bunch of just underneath a ton of rubble, like just I don't know, just a ton of backstage DJ. props and shit. Uh, we don't know who did it. No one will ever know. The, no one will speak to the cops about. Sorry, that was me. Forget it. Uh, Your dad told you. Don't talk to the cops. That's exactly what Papa <laughs> told me. I mean, Papa CJ. Damn it. <laughs> I'll take this opportunity. To say, I just want to touch on this segment here that you're glossing over that I really enjoyed. Um, the way... LA Knight gets to the destination you're talking about was neat because he was trying to leave the stadium after he slapped Bray Wyatt and the, whoever's interviewing him or trying to at least, you know, doing the, let's, let's get them. Hurry, wait, (laughs) you know, it's just like, get out of here. But she, you know, stops him uh, at these doors and uh, he goes to like push his hand on the door and opens it, but she stops him and he turns the doors open. You see, it's just complete black, except you see this thing hovering. And it's the mask from Extreme Rules. It's hovering in this room that's just complete darkness. So it's like, where did you think you were going, L.A. Knight? But either way, he stops to talk to this interviewer, and you see that mask hovering there during this promo. And then he's like, I don't have time for this. I got to go. And they like kind of move the camera just enough because then he turns around and it's gone. So he goes to leave, and he's just gone. And that's the end of the thing. And then we cut back to what Chris described as he's just buried under a ton of shit. And you're like... What happened to this man? <laughs> it was it was just the Bray Wyatt stuff is getting good now. I'm I'm excited and I I even said last week I thought it was an odd pick for LA Knight. They're they're it, selling me on it. It's kind of cool that Bray Wyatt apparently is coming back and like obviously he wants to tell his own story, but kind of in the same way that like Jericho's done in AEW, he wants to put over new talent. Like, L.A. Knight getting this rub from Bray Wyatt. And I know L.A. Knight's not new talent. He was on for a while with, like, the Maximum Male Models and things like that. He's newer he than Bray Wyatt. Now. And he's getting that rub of, like, oh, I'm in a program with Bray Wyatt. And that's I think that's cool. Like, I think that's cool that he's doing that. Well, <laughs> thought we were, someone was making a point of uh, L.A. Knight being, like, young talent. And that's not really what you said. Oh, and yeah. No, I, I didn't mean young so, talent. That's I mean, all, yeah. In terms of the main roster, he's new talent. Like he's he's new. He, Correct. They're, they're yes, someone the that's run. all. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't seen him yet per se. Yeah. But yeah, this was a good segment. This is a really someone good we've been seeing a lot of is Shayna Baszler, who actually takes a loss here to Shotzi. Uh, comes out in her little stupid tank, which I don't know. Everyone hey, seems hey, to hey, love. I not, I listen, I, now that I'm back, I will not stand for tank slander. That's the I one CB, baby. <laughs> it's the dumbest and thing, and that's what Shotzi I did. I love it. I love Shana it. ran into the TCB, and we out, baby. Listeners, all three Shoot of us grew the up in the Buffalo, New York area, and we all probably went to Darien Lake at some point. So all three of you will get this. Shotzi's tank reminds me of that weird little like boat game that was right in the front yes. would shoot tennis yeah, balls oh, yeah that's that's what Shotzi's tank reminds me every day I forget what it was called but it was in the front of Darien Lake it was a weird boat game just to describe in detail this really fun game at Darien Lake that we're talking about it was a game with not only people can participate where you were in some kind of like bumper boats tank that you could shoot other tanks with tennis balls while you were in it well, you yeah. can be outside of the thing and shoot at people who were into the, in tank, the tank with tennis yeah. ball. It was, so it was you. You were fun either way. 
Well, I didn't grow up going to Darien Lake as much as you guys did. Oh, oh you were I'll a tell you what... one kid, weren't you? <laughs> I was a fantasy island guy in the few times that I was <laughs> that I did go to Wow, but we're going to what? the it's Grand you know Island. What? The Grand of all the islands. I don't mean to stop this little trip down memory lane, but uh, yes. I do hope that Shotzi's tank can drive her to the hospital after war games because she's going to need something to bring her to the hospital because Rhonda's going to break her goddamn arm. So she could drive her cute little tank, but she's not going over. I apologize, but that's not even speculation. That's what do you damn need to fact. apologize for? You're just fact spraying up in here. Mm-hmm. You're just That's like, all it is. She is fodder for Rhonda. Like, yeah. And if, if what you say is true and... Uh, Becky is potentially the fifth entrance for this War Games match, then yeah, definitely not Shotzi going to win this. Mm-mm. Oh, we're just speculating that it's going to be Becky now. We think it's going to be Becky as the fifth member of I this still, War Games I team. Still think, oh, sorry, I still think it's Beth. I think Beth Phoenix, because it, it's her storyline with Rhea Ripley. I think that continues. That's what I had said, but there's some reports of us being maybe wrong. Is that correct? Uh, uh, alluding to CJ? Uh, no, I'm going with Tessa Blanchard, baby. <laughs> bringing her in. <laughs> bringing that bitch in. TVZ is holding out for Dana. Wait a second, Dana I'm Brooks getting coming in strong. I'm getting Nick Aldis is in the women's war games match. Weird. Oh, no. <laughs> well, actually, it brings it up. It could very well. It possibly could be Mickey James. I mean, it's not going to be, but it could be. I mean, we're all thinking sexy star. Um, that's another possibility. <laughs> but big swole coming in women's war game. Match. <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, uh, but stick with SmackDown. Kofi and and Xavier Woods talked earlier about how they were upset and losing the record to the Usos. Um, they bring out Braun Strowman to take on Imperium. Uh, this and was they a do- treat. Yeah, Strowman was a mystery partner there. Um, you know, because they 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 had a little shit with Imperium backstage. Uh, but Braun being a face mystery partner—that's interesting. You brought up uh, the New Day and Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Uh, I'm going to tie in. It's a little. It's going to get a little sad, so bear with me, boys. Um, this weekend, we found out of the tragic passing of Jason David Frank, the green slash white ranger from Power Rangers. And I don't know if New Day are supposed to be on the card as of right now, but what are the odds that they bring back their, their white and green Power Rangers gear as a memoriam this weekend? That would be so neat. That would be nice. It would be cool. I did want to mention that my grandfather, taped, God rest his soul, taped over my kindergarten graduation uh, to for the White Ranger reveal. Uh, so just sticking with the White Ranger line there, I just wanted to get that little story out. I apologize for, for, for railroading this. All priorities, and I'm glad your grandfather instilled them in you at a young age. I'm not Which one would you have rather preserved? Which one no. would you rather have on VHS? Like, yeah. I am 0% mad about it because A, it's a story, and B, we found out it was Tommy. Like... <laughs> could have been Rita. It could have been Rita Repulsa. Shut you don't fucking know. Shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I was convinced. I was convinced it was going to be Rita Repulsa because there was that storyline with Lord Zed. I was like, "Oh, Rita's going to be a good guy now." Yeah, dude. Listen, the I'm, I'm with you. I felt the same fucking thing when I was in <laughs> third grade. Face turn. Goddamn right. <laughs> That's it. I watched so much wrestling. I'm like, Rita Repulsa is going face. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> brings us to our final segment which was a huge swerve i did not see this coming um we find out that apparently the 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 brawling brutes are going to reveal their their mystery partner you guys have any idea on who it could be 
They're going to reveal. I think Shay. Uh, I just got a hunch. It might be. I don't know. I'm going to pull a name out of the air. Kevin Owens. I think it. I may. Maybe Kevin Owens. No. No, he's injured. Oh, Mr. Rizzo said oh. so himself. He was super sad about it because there was no way he could be in war games. <laughs> Guys, we get to see it. The review. We get to see KO and Sammy go. We get to see them fight. Maybe we will. Maybe. Do we think? Do we think this is going to be a turn, or do we think they're we're going to set the seeds for a Sammy turn? Because I think all yeah, three of us are agreed. All four of us, excuse me, are agreed that Sammy Bloodline is is going to have a turn in it at some point. Uh, CJ? Yeah, just really want to mention this quickly here. And I don't want to go into speculation. Here's just the thought. Do you think Sammy and the Bloodline are going to be more over than they are now? Do you think Sammy can... Do you think Sammy's got enough more one-liners to keep this going and still be super hot? Or do you just plant the seeds? Do you make the turn happen and say, hey, this was a great run. Let's cap it here? Or... This thing has legs. Sammy's got way more gas in the tank. Sammy and the bloodline will never die. I want to point out blood. someone asked Roman if they were like starting the, the end of the bloodline storyline or something like that. And he said, I, I forget his exact wording, but he said something along the lines of we're in the second quarter of the Super Bowl, baby. And so I, <laughs> I think there's a lot more legs to this story, but I do think setting, I, I think war games is going to set the seeds for an eventual Sammy turn. I have gone on record on this podcast several times saying that Sammy is going to be a major part in dethroning Roman. I think that, I think this is where it starts. Sammy's going to make me have a cigarette at halftime for whatever he does. Yeah. I think we'll have some good moments in war games between these two. But I think we're at the beginning of this and not much like we're not going to see something drastic like the bloodline breaking up or mm-hmm. Sammy being removed from the bloodline. I'm going to quote every WWE crowd whenever Sammy and KO fight. Fight forever, baby. Keep it going. Ooh, see. Ooh, see. Ooh. Oh, sorry. That's just Sammy. <laughs> I can't believe that. At the beginning of SmackDown when... uh when they had that promo, they were they were already chanting Usi before Sammy even showed up. It's... It was it was wild. Like I thought he like came out, you know, did that thing like off camera. I was like, oh, he showed up and he just wasn't there. The crowd just is so over for Sammy. It's it's kind of blowing my mind right now. You you guys are definitely right. Plant the seeds now. You can <laughs> blow this off at WrestleMania. I don't think there's any reason to rush it. To jump on what TBZ said, not even Sam- this WrestleMania. Sammy Sorry, is it. so over right now that even Jim Cornette is like, I don't know, I could see Sammy being the top face of the company. And if Jim Cornette is on the right side of Sammy Zayn, I guess it's working. I guess it's working. Well, and, and there is some heat and there is some past between Cornette and, and well, El Generico, let's say. But, I mean, if you guys think about it, who is a bigger face in the WWE right now than Sammy Zayn? You're They're severely lacking right. faces, um, and like actual faces. Unrelated. I mean, I I'm gonna put it in. I'm gonna put it in the in the window right now. This is a license plate I saw on my ride nice. home today. Sam Zane. Sam Zane. So either I live near Zane. the cl- the world's biggest Sammy Zane fan, or <laughs> that. Yeah, no. It's, it's yeah. That's pretty cool. Sam Zane. That... Well, can't that just be Billy Zane's brother? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I used to teach his kid, man. <laughs> That's I have a child. <laughs> I have a child. <laughs> so listen, I'm going to come clean oh about God. Raw. I'm going to come clean about Raw this week before TBZ uh, starts to talk about it. I fell asleep halfway through, and I fell asleep halfway through the Hulu cut, which means that I, I slept through even the shorter version. 
Yo, you have a dad pass. It's all good. Thank you. <laughs> I mean... Yo, the other guys don't have dad passes. You got a dad pass. I got a dad pass. All you need to know is War Games is this Saturday. And Raw will remind you of this. <laughs> Yo, just, just, just let everyone know. The reason of War Games is because everyone fights at Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. Thursday is Thanksgiving. We have the official fight booked on Saturday. Like, that's just <laughs> how it works. Yeah, uh, starting with Raw, we uh, we have KO um, starting off uh, Raw with a promo. Um, this is an advertisement for War Games. Uh, he starts talking about, you know, how he's not here for... Ke- he's not here for Sami Zayn. He's here for Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, delivers a promo, says who, what his goal is, and then he eventually announces the Brawling Brutes, Andrew McIntyre. They come out, um, you know... They're just bringing them out to show them together. Look how look how they can coexist. They're shiny. They're listen. I yes. gotta say, I gotta say one thing with this opening segment in Raw. Uh, WWE has a sometimes undeserved like thing of oh, every episode starts with a promo fest. This episode started with such a goddamn long promo fest. I think it was at like fifteen minutes before anything happened that wasn't guys talking to the microphone about what they were going to do this weekend. Like it was, it was painful. Uh, it's pretty average to be honest. Yeah. I'm CJ, it, you have something it, to say? Dead no, pass. I was just going to say it's pretty average. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, this promo is, I believe the first recorded fight night on raw, which I, oh. uh, I was super pumped that KO led into that. <laughs> and Bush and, was elated. Elated to yell, fight night. I got a call while this was going on from TBZ. I'm just sitting there, minding my own goddamn business. And all I hear is, hi, TBZ. What's going on? Fight night! This promo got me ready for fight night. That's I need to hear it now. I need to hear it again. You got me. I want it. I called him up and I said, fight night! It's so good. So yeah, they uh, got the Brawling Brutes in here and uh, Judgment Day comes in to interrupt the promo and effectively, well, oddly call out AJ Styles. Uh, They basically all took shots at uh, everybody in the Brawling Brutes. Uh, You know, Rhea was like, ah, we'll worry about me murdering more people at my War Games match. And Dom goes, yeah, get him! Still doing his, like, hyena thing. Like, yeah, I'm with these guys! My favorite part of that promo was that Dom goes, my father, Rey Mysterio. Like, we all know who your dad is, Dom. It's the only reason you have a job in this company. Well, no, sometimes he says his dad's uh, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he did call him a deadbeat dad. He's oh. like, tell him I said, hey. I don't know if you can call. Yeah, that, first off, I'm sure Ray would pay child support. Okay, that's that's not great. And also, Eddie can't be a deadbeat dad. He's dead. <laughs> well, he's dead. Uh, can we cut in that Randy Orton clip? Because <laughs> he's not in heaven. He's down there. Oh in hell. Like, Alright, Randy, fuck, we got it. Eddie ain't in heaven. Eddie's down there. In hell. I want to apologize for myself tonight. My wife made me two drinks to record with tonight, and they were both very strong. So I'm saucy. really excited. We, we got a saucy spence. Ooh. 
Spices. So, yeah. Spicy Spence. <laughs> so Judgment Day is throwing shade at the Brawling Brutes, uh, which then eventually challenges them to a six-man tag match, mm-hmm. which happens now. Okay. Uh, it was Woo! a good match. Uh, it kind of made me feel like, oh, hey, this is... This is them maybe getting you used to more factions, mm-hmm. like being like, hey, you know, we've got the Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes, but what if the Brawling Brutes fought, I don't know, the Judgment Day? You know, they, they got enough guys, they could be in war games at some point, maybe next year? I kind of... So that was neat. To jump on what you're saying, Tony, I've always thought that Survivor Series shouldn't be brand versus brand, it should be faction versus faction in that way, and I think that this was planting the seeds to, like, the old school Survivor Series of the 80s and 90s, like... The one where Big Boss, no, excuse me, not Big Boss Man, Million Dollar Man paid off The Undertaker to join his team, and that was his big debut and things like that. Like, Oh, you mean when it actually fucking meant something? Well, yeah, but I think like the way they're doing War Games and Survivor Series together comes back to that factions thing, and you know me, I'm a big faction guy. I really liked seeing the Brawling Brutes and Drew and KO kind of like walk around and do that. It really felt like fun. It felt fun in a way that WWE, to me, hasn't felt fun in a long time. So I'm I'm really excited about this particular Survivor Series, and I like that Trips is really pushing the factions idea in it. I might be the minority on this when it comes to the Survivor Series because I kind of really like the build for Survivor Series this year, which we usually don't like the for, and then the match ends up being okay. Well, normally it's about brand supremacy. So. Yeah, but regardless of that, the match ends up being fun, whatever. Mm-hmm. One thing falls out. I think the majority of what we're going to get out of this is story leading to something else and the match themselves of who wins or loses isn't going to have a lot of outcome. Like, I don't know what the stakes are. It's just going to be the infighting from the teams is going to lead to something afterwards, especially with the, the the bloodline, something with that, with KO, Sammy, Roman, something's going to happen there, which is going to lead us to cool. What happens next? Mm -hmm. But who actually wins and loses the match? I mean, I guess that could be, if something happens to cause them to lose, I mean, Roman doesn't lose a title, and they just upset that they lost, that could be it. But other than that, there's no stakes on the match, right? Like I, so I was going to we'll say, I've got, I've got two thoughts on this. Yeah, One is, you're really. right, Rizzo. I love that the War Games match doesn't have any of the belts tied in because it's literally just a grudge match, and I think that's a, that's a lot more fun in terms of storytelling. And also, up until this War Games, the most interesting War Game, excuse me, the most interesting Survivor Series prior to this was the one where Becky Lynch got her nose broken by Nia Jax because Nia Jax sucks. And, like, that made it more interesting because she wasn't able to fight Ronda, and that set the stage for Mania that year. And I I'm, I think this build has been just as much fun because there is, like, oh, KO and Sammy, and there's the bloodline, and KO, they haven't fought in, what was it, two years that KO hasn't fought Roman? And, like, the Brawling Brutes, it's a lot more fun this year, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. And yeah, they're leaning, they're definitely leaning into the War Games match by making people look strong. So mm-hmm. Sheamus gets the win on this match, making the Brutes look strong for their match on uh, at Survivor Series. Do we think that means um, the Brutes are going down on War Games? Are, are we doing the typical WWE booking where you win at the Raw beforehand, you lose at the PPV? I'm sorry, uh, can- Premium Light event? I'm not dabbing into the nace just yet. Okay. Uh, well, I don't think it's, uh, I mean, in the words of Paul Heyman, it's not uh, prediction here's a spoiler bloodline win i mean i'm sorry roman doesn't lose a match like this it just doesn't happen there's no, not even for count out not even dq no i mean there's no way that roman loses this match so here's a question for you uh uh guys roman 
has very rarely, I felt like, been in a deathmatch situation or anything like that. I, I honestly don't remember if he's been in a steel cage match aside from uh, WrestleMania New Orleans, where he and Brock Lesnar both fell out of the cage at the same time and they had to pretend that Brock Lesnar's feet touched second. Um, well, there's but... the leukemia that he has if you whoa, whoa, talk whoa. about deathmatch. Are you talking about Joe? I'm talking about, hey, listen, we'll, we'll talk about how there's two Samoans named Joe who have double belts later. But um, but Jeez. I do, I, I don't know how Roman performs in a match like this. I don't think I've ever seen him in something as brutal as a War Games match. And I'm really interested in seeing him do that uh, come this weekend. He got attacked yeah. by a goddamn tractor. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Johnny Gargano in a promo with his for his match tonight with Miz. Uh, he's going to fight him uh, ahead of Dexter's match. So he's kind of kind of like, I'm going to teach you a lesson, and you know, I'm going to basically just make sure Dexter gets what 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 he's owed. I guess uh, you know I've touched on this topic. It's, it's weird. The storyline's confusing. Whatever he it's... he's asserting that he and Loomis are kind of you know the friend of my friend is my enemy or whatever. Um, so they're on the same side basically. Yeah, it's it's a little convoluted, but I mean, whatever. Let's build to something. Let's see where it goes. But this was this was a treat because when Johnny shows up for his match with the Miz, we come to find out the Miz injured his hand. Oh, doing, poor Miz. Oh, doing a TikTok. Oh. And I guess something with a cactus. I don't know. All we know is his hands taped up, so he can't wrestle tonight. The man owns cactuses in California, <laughs> right? Also. What's the TikTok? I want to know what's going on now. <laughs> uh, but he said he found a suitable uh, replacement for him that he could fight Johnny Gargano. And I got to give it to the Miz. Q Omos. So we're getting an Omos v. Gargano match now. I love the Gargano oh fuck face. Like, ah. Oh, <laughs> Classic bait and switch. All right. <laughs> Ended how you expected. Omos squashes uh, Gargano. But I got to give it to Gargano. He did put up some offense. Like, it was this. It was what I argue was uh omos is like first real challenge on a show i'm kind of confused was it a squash or did he put up a fight he put up a total of five moves and then he got murderized but it was a lot better than the matches we've seen on raw that's all i'm saying that's all i'm Ms. saying miss laying out those Yu-Gi-Oh trap cards baby you triggered my trap card <laughs> just ah you got omos got him Listen, not to bring up WrestleMania in New Orleans again, but remember when Miz came out dressed up as Naruto for that match? That was pretty weird. I do. He had the headband. It was the awesome. Headband. It was awesome. I think you, I think you meant Naruto, but yes. Listen, I don't watch anime. I'm a Western animation guy. So. Sorry, I heard Naruto. I, yes, yeah, so I, I figured. I, I got what he. I, you I wanna, up you want to talk down. the most recent Ducktales or Ninja Turtles series? I'm your man. Anime. I've only seen Death Note. <laughs> but I just don't want any pissed off Naruto fans calling us or blowing up our. Would, wouldn't know, it be so funny our if, I, if, our, if our listenership like skyrocketed because angry Naruto fans were like, "Fuck this show." <laughs> Well, we're in, we're in the markets now of Brazil and Kazakhstan, so we'll see how far we get out there. They're going to hate listen to us. <laughs> They're like, fuck this. So after, so after this match, Seth wants to address his attack by Austin last week. Um, it's advertisement for Survivor Series. They have a triple threat. 
for the U.S. belt. So he's just addressing him, telling him, you know, he's just calling him out that he's going to crush him. He doesn't care that he's ooh, this new character or whatever. Um, then Austin replies to Seth in a promo literally after that. So there's like a conversation or uh, or like Rampage, the main event promo. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but that's setting up his match for against Ali. So now we're going leading into a match with Ali and Austin Theory. Uh, I thought it was weird Spence in the segment. Oh, sorry. I thought it was weird in the segment that um, Rollins was like from an undisclosed location. Like they're like via satellite. A recording studio. Yeah, I that was weird. I don't know what that was all about, but it, it He's made being it the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like you saw the foam was colored like the two were like purple and the middle one was green. So I thought maybe they were going for an imagery, imagery like that. CJ. Well, Seth Rollins not only being the Joker, but what a damn workhorse. They keep throwing him up against, you know, contender after contender for this belt. And, I mean, that man's been putting on performance after performance. He's He's been the dog of, of Raw recently, I feel. Not to mm-hmm. compare WWE to AEW as much as I have been, but, like, he reminds me a lot about Moxley, where it's like AEW, whenever they're in a jam, they're like, I don't know, throw Mox at it. He'll be able to figure it out. And I feel like that's what WWE is doing uh, with with Seth right now. Um, it but is Monday Night Rollins, after exactly. all. Exactly. Uh, my Austin theory about Ooh. this match is that he's going to walk away with the belt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, like, I I yeah. This match, uh, into speculation, I don't know what to expect. Uh, you assume Bobby's going to win. We've watched Austin get trashed by him. Uh, he actually lost to everybody in this match, yeah. so I don't know how Austin would win uh, when he can't beat him one-on-one. Not to jump too far into our full gear analysis, but in the same way that uh, Samoa Joe won the TNT Championship, I could see Austin Austin taking advantage of like another hold or something like that and then like getting a tap out because he puts up one. I could see them doing a, a similar finish to that. All I know is Austin right now is actually doing pretty good. Like, he is definitely not sinking. So even if he doesn't win this belt, I have confidence he will still have a storyline after this. I really so like the storyline they're doing of Austin being like, hey, listen, I know you all think I'm stupid for cashing in for the U.S. championship, but here's what I'm doing and here's here's what I'm trying to say. And so, like, I thought that was really cool. And he's getting momentum. He beat Ali with the A-Town down. Well, who hasn't beat Ali? So Bobby Lashley comes out and interrupts Austin in his uh, victory dance and uh, beats him up. Advertisement for the triple threat. Hey, you might see this Saturday. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, again, another match advertising for Fiverr Series. Sound familiar? Hey, it's the Next go up, we have show, Alpha, baby. Baby. Next up, we have Alpha Academy and Songs and Bongs. That's right. They're finally a tag team. Shoes. But they don't have a name yet. Shoes, please. Uh, yeah, um, they introduce them separately. They both do Matt Riddle and Elias's entrances separately. Um, they come away with the win. So they're kind of like, oh, hey, you know, it's working, you know, even though you guys lost to Alpha Academy. So I think this is going to be a long term feud. And by the end, we will get a name out of Songs and Bongs in no time. I mean, Songs and Bongs is already a good name, so. It certainly is. Thank you, listeners. Yeah, what, what, what great long-term booking from Honk if you love wrestling. We saw this coming a mile away, listeners. Are you talking to Twitter? At Wrestling Honks? Any of us copyright that crap? All right, never mind. Elon Musk might try as he might. He can't stop us from tweeting. You can't next suppress up. us, Elon. <laughs> uh, um, next I- up, 
Yes, Spence. Oh, no, sorry. Mine is, mine is off topic, but I was going to say I threw in the chat real quick um, a little rumor from our friends over at Fightful that Damien Priest was asked to audition for Namor in Black Panther 2, and I feel like that's just worth talking real quick about how Punishment Martinez might have been Namor in Wakanda forever. No, it's not bullshit. We'll cut that out. <laughs> Speaking of cutting things out, Baron Corbin... Him and JBL are in a uh, their promo backstage playing poker, which uh, bleeds into their match with Drew McIntyre. He shows up and kind of awkwardly challenges him to a match, which he goes, let's go. And that's the match tonight. Um, the match was good, but the story's like, what are you doing? Um, while a slow match, it felt methodical. So I w- I'd say, check it out. It was cool to see somebody fight Drew McIntyre, who kind of was like smart about the wrestling. I will say uh, the big thing Drew... from that match is that Akira Tozawa no longer is saddled with his weird ninja gimmick that he had before. He came out, he stole JBL's hat, and then ran off. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. He's a... Is he... Wait, wait. Is he just a big fan of Jake Hager? <laughs> I like this hat. <laughs> I like this hat. I like this hat. It does feel a little bit like AEW, doesn't it? I'm picturing <laughs> Triple H in a boardroom being like, I don't know. AEW's got us beat in the hat market. What do we do? What do we do? Akira Tozawa steals a and hat. We're in the background, up. he's got AEW playing, and you just hear Hager in the background, I like this hat! I like this hat! Got it. <laughs> Hats. <laughs> yes! Whoever that was, hire them! <laughs> Sir, that was that was AEW. Shit. Uh, whatever. We'll make it work. Uh, throw throw Tozawa out there. It was Jake Hager. Hire him. He's been hired a few times here, sir. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to lunch. <laughs> yeah, apparently Tozawa was a distraction to steal JBL's hat, which caused the distraction for Baron Corbin to lose. Um, Baron Corbin put up a fight. Uh, good on him. But again, they can't have the Brawling Brutes team lose and not have momentum going into war games. Um, next up, uh, AJ Styles, he's chirping back at Finn, basically. And then we have the advantage match for the female war games main event, Asuka versus Rhea. Um, this again, was a, yeah, huge advertisement for war games. Uh, Bianca comes out, uh, to ringside, uh, cheer on Asuka and, uh, damage control is out with Rhea. To start, Bianca claims that they're going to tell who their uh, their first or their fifth member is going to be on SmackDown. Um, it was kind of weird. Bianca comes out and actually cuts a promo before this match happens. So like Asuka comes out, does her entrance, and then Bianca just promos and says they're going to announce their fifth member uh, this Friday on SmackDown. So uh, then that cues damage control to come out. Bailey comes out, says, "Oh, maybe you're just stalling." You know, basically trying to goat uh, Bianca into tripping up or whatever. I do like that B- uh, Bailey has adopted Ding Dong Hello as just part of her like regular vocabulary. It's not just its own segment anymore. I, I like her that. nomenclature. Yeah, yeah she's <laughs> like Ding Dong, Ding Dong Hello. Hello. <laughs> so yeah, Damage Control is coming out with Rhea during this, and you know, reaching out to uh, Bianca, talking about how she's stalling and you don't pick your member. Um, the match is pretty good. Um, Oscar via Rhea was fun to see. Um, there wasn't much in terms of interactions like with their teams during the match. They were all kind of just hanging out by ringside. Uh, but Rhea ends up winning with the Riptide, getting the pinfall on Asuka. Um, once the match ends, however, 
all niceties go out the window and Hellbreak breaks loose around the ring. And we watch basically the entire war games match minus the fifth member who we don't know yet. Uh, just duke it out. And that is, that's the main event. There is no doubt in my mind that, that the heels had to pick this up. Rhea had to pick this up. You got to think about it. Unless you're going to do a double turn or you have two teams that are tweeners, you can't see the faces beat down the heels with an yeah, extra person. I was wondering, I didn't mean to step on you, CJ, but that's kind of what I was getting at with asking TVZ the outcome. It would have been really weird if they would have had the faces get the advantage going into the War Games match. So I just, all right, so, all right, cool. That's what happened. That's what I thought was going to happen. We'll see what happens once they find out who their partner is on Friday. And it was a good match. Like, both uh, both were looking strong, so I'm excited for War Games to see what will happen with that match. No, is is the man, men's match just going to be a Survivor Series match, or is that a War Games match as well? I believe they're both War Games matches. And do we know who has the, the advantage? Bloodline, the Bloodline uh, Brawling Brutes. I would say is Usos and the Brawling match. Brutes are fighting on Friday to, to figure to out. Fi- okay, to there you go. That. That, that's where it is. Okay, and we'll find Two. out next Tonk if you love wrestling. I actually think that that one can go either way, and it won't yeah. matter. To your point, TBZ, about uh, faces winning that like advantage match, I think the last time that happened was when Dakota Kai, the, the face team, won an NXT, and then she turned on her team, so technically the heels still had their advantage. Uh, I might be wrong. No, but Mr. Rizzo, with your point as well, I think that in this case it could go either way. Um, there's so many things that they could do with the men's match that could give it to the faces. We'll see. I do still predict the bloodline getting the advantage, but... Well, I just want to address the elephant of the room here. Uh, I'm sure you've noticing, wow, Honk If You Love Wrestling posted way earlier than their normal scheduled time. That's right, it's Thanksgiving! Woo! And it's Thanksgiving uh, edition, so uh, I thought maybe we'd, uh, for our our palate cleanser of wrestling, uh, maybe bring up the topic of... What uh, Thanksgiving item would you bring to a Thanksgiving? Well, that's what I was going to get at. So uh, a lot of things happen around the Thanksgiving when it comes to the family. uh, Yeah, you can name them all. And I'm going to give you our list. Hootenanny, I think it's Hootenanny on the list. We'll see. I have a list here of names for the hierarchy of... of fights, you know, fights not on the list. All right, so this is DQ what arises. Matches. This is no what DQ arises match. after certain arguments at a Thanksgiving, and we'll be able to rate what certain uh, arguments we have and how how nasty they are. Um, but after after one of these uh, fights, um, we will discuss which food we would use from the Thanksgiving Day dinner. We would bring to said you know, skullduggery or squabble or rhubarb, you know, so that's my list. So starting at the bottom of name of, of fights and how well, at the very bottom of the list is tomfoolery, malarkey, hurly burly, racket, ballyhoo, hijinks, horseplay, shenanigans, myth, tizzy, skullduggery, tiff, quarrel, squabble, kerfuffle, brouhaha, rhubarb, rowdy dow, hollabaloo, ruckus, tussle, Fisticuffs, slobber knuckle, slobber knocker, throwing haymakers, pandemonium, rumble, Donnybrook, fracas, bedlam, melee, rilet, skirmish, a battle, a war, Armageddon, and malice at the palace at Auburn Hills. Oh, no Ragnarok. 
the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I also, want to point out that a tiff also, is higher than a myth. Hurly Burly was used like one time in a fucking Shakespeare, okay? So <laughs> I'm done with that shit. What's wrong with a, a boisterous, loud nonsense of activities? A hurly burly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Macbeth, you guys can. So yeah, uh, Rizzo. Out, out of this glorious list you've produced, what are, what are we looking at here for our Thanksgiving match here at Honk? If you love wrestling, well, I think this week it's a really, it's a, it's a nasty Thanksgiving Day Donnybrook. Ooh. All right. All right. So we're gonna bring out what you would like to use from the Thanksgiving Day dinner. To smash your opponent's face in. Um, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna go last because I'm gonna have fun with whatever topics you guys don't choose. So uh, I don't know who wants to go first. Spence, TV. I, I Spence clearly wants drink? to go. First. I got one. I got one, folks. Um, mine's gonna get a little real, so bear bear with me for a second. Uh, about a year ago, I lost my dear beloved grandmother, my Mima. Uh, she was a lovely woman. Uh, she she struggled with Alzheimer's for a couple of years. And while that's not funny in itself. We all thought it was funny. <laughs> that's not funny. Uh, before uh, she was really getting help for that, she cooked Thanksgiving dinner one year. And she made rolls that to this day, I think I have a chip in my front tooth from biting into. So my mm. entrance into the Thanksgiving Day Donnybrook would be Mima's hard... Hockey puck style rolls that would be used as projectile Ninja weapons. stars. Ninja stars. <laughs> I think if I threw one of those rolls with enough accuracy, I could knock out a bull elephant. They were that hard, sir. So that is my entrance into the Thanksgiving Day Donnybrook. Overcooked rock hard rolls, baby. That's things, well, the, exa- the exact opposite. My favorite thing at Thanksgiving. My grandma used to make the best cres- crescent rolls, croissant uh. rolls argument about what which one is a biscuit or not anyway it doesn't matter Um, those are amazing my weird vegetarian brother would always force my my mother to burn the rolls and i mean the thing is he really wouldn't eat very much of the other shit so we just kind of let it go but no (laughs) rolls really definitely top tier um i i'm gonna go next and my item that i would use i've done i've done a lot of thought uh, thinking about this and i'm gonna go with the classic turkey all right, and here's the reason. I go ahead and I take the turkey and I I put it right on my fist, right there, right, Ooh. and I go salt paw. I go salt paw. That's what I do, like Kenny Rogers, jackass baby. I have to go south paw because I lost the trip. All right, and I just go ahead and swing off with these turkeys. That's my item that I would go ahead and use. Uh, I just assume you're gonna get a big turkey on somebody's head and then hit him in the face. But I like the punching bag. I like. Punching with the turkey. That's good. That's a good. Oh yeah, no, it's just, over here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, shouts out to Kenny Rogers, jackass. Apparently, you guys have never seen it, but if you did, oh man, uh, TV, man baby. Some clips in there. No, I had you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yo, what TBZ cool. what we got? Mashed potatoes, taters, dunker face in them. Yeah. Ah, dunker face. The only problem. Be, I was gonna say you could slide them out so they could slip and fall on them like buffoons. Yeah, I want to go for the chunkier version because then you can, like, you know, it's kind of almost like cake-like rather than, like, watery. And that's what I think WWE would usually go with is just watery mashed potatoes. So it's just like, uh, it's like batter everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm bringing. I love it. I uh, definitely have to go with the, uh, uh, what's the, what's the OLI with the, uh, the mush, the marshmallows? 
What's the dish with the marshmallows? Some sort of casserole. I don't know. We never uh, did that no. shit. Sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Yeah, they put like marshmallows on top and whatever. That would yeah. look cool, but I'm still going with the classic cranberry sauce. Cranberry, cranberry sauce. sauce is going to look nice. It's going to sell well. Is that blood? Is that cranberry sauce? I don't know. My guy's Gets selling it. Gets in the eyes. Gets in the it eyes. good. And if you want to be really nasty, you can hit him with cranberry sauce without taking it out of the can. Just hit him with a can of cranberry sauce. It's pretty rough. That's, that's smart. That's nasty. Hardcore match. That's what I would do. Don't that's even smart. open the can. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I would like to use my Thanksgiving Day Dottiebrook match. I'm going to hit someone over the head with an unopened can of cranberry sauce. That's that's my plan. I like love it. Lead. Yeah, Speaking I'm going to eat the mashed leading. potatoes that TBC shows in my face. And I'm going to knock his ass out with my cranberry sauce. Ah. uh, Moving on. (laughs) Moving on from uh, Tuesday night before Turkey Day. Uh, We got some more wrestling to talk about. We've got. We're going to kick this bad boy off into full gear. Oh, I got to talk more. I paid attention to that one. (laughs) Yeah. I I watched. I paid attention to a little stuff. What's going on? But I just took notes for the full gear PPV. CJ, what you got? Oh, no, I was going to say something that you didn't pay attention to was Zero Hour. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. uh, so before, before you start talking so much, Ooh. let's talk about the 10-person tag between Hold the Shitty Factory uh, and then the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Rocky excuse Romero, me. and their mystery tag partner. Uh, excuse me, a very nice, very evil tag partner, uh, CB. Uh, CJ. No, sorry. go ahead. Wow. Keep going. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. I was going to no, say but... keep trying. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep saying initials for a while. No, um, CBL. CBLZJ. Um, Delta 9, CBD. I mean, <laughs> listen, throw my you, last you, name you said. <laughs> listen, uh, you mentioned that the factories suck, and I think we all agree that they suck, but I want to give them props because they serve their purpose. The factory is a great, like, hey, we need someone to lose faction and like they do the job. Well, I do wish that like Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo would get out from under the factory. Cause I think they could like be more fun somewhere else, but like those dudes are happy. I'm happy. They're happy, I guess. So it's kind of like they've named them aptly for what they do. Mm-hmm. And really, and you're you right. A job they, they are the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're not. Oh, I would. <laughs> the bar that's i wouldn't say that the, anyway uh i mean it was a i don't mean match. the it, literal it, tag team i mean the 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 idea of the bar in wrestling which got is, you okay you, you are the bar you are the decorated superstar that people are just gonna pull vault over you see that's sex the one... tape is another name for it either way that's that's no, what no, the factory I, but that's the one thing i feel the like tag. the factory is missing uh uh tbz is i i think they're missing an actual decorated star like QT Marshall. QT Marshall. But yes, he has Diamond Dallas Dallas Page's finisher. But like the faction, Diamond sucks. Dallas Page. Yeah. The faction well, sucks. The factory let's, does. Yeah. Let's move to the main point but, of this but, match: was to debut the more vicious, more evil side of Danhausen. He comes out with this. But I thought he was evil. He was very, he nice, was very evil. evil. He's very nice at this point. We got to see the more very evil side. His face paint wasn't done so, you know. Uh, so he's not very nice. And No, it would look like it was just blood splatters or splatters of paint. He comes out and he does hit uh, Camarado with What does with he a come kick. out with? He comes out with his jar. 
comes out with a jar of teeth that he pours into Camarado's mouth, and then he ends up hitting spike. him with a brutal kick. And he's a got spike. a spike in his other hand. Yeah, he's he's not very nice. I'm he's very out there. evil. I don't know what those teeth were made of, but they are one of the grossest things I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Like, oh, oh yeah, no, he you. used to do that. He used to do that in the indies all the yes. time, and it's just you know, it's really cool to see that they're going ahead and using that spot. It's a pretty, it's a pretty dark spot, and mm-hmm. you know, if Danhausen could play off this vicious angle, maybe there is hope still. Uh, for Danhausen to reach more into his indies persona as like the darker version, it does give me hope. Not just because I feel like recently Danhausen has been regulated to a comedy like wrestler, which I do understand is because he's been coming off an injury. I want to say his shoulder or elbow was hurt for a long time, and he was getting back to a hundred percent. And so they introduced him in AEW as a comedy wrestler in order to like get the audience accustomed to him and then let him go. But uh, y'all know me. Y'all know that one of my favorite indie wrestlers had two now appearances on AEW, and that's my man Warhorse. And Danhausen and Warhorse used to be a tag team called Warhausen. And listen, if this gets us a, a little closer to Warhausen and AEW. Spence, I'm so happy for that, and I'm glad that you have hope for that. But you know who's somebody that I no longer have hope for? That's Brian Cage. Brian Cage, man, he takes another hard L on a pay-per-view to an injured Ricky Starks. Nothing special about this match. It's a pretty typical match. We've kind of seen Cage and Starks tag together. They've done they've done some things before, but Starks takes this victory pretty pretty easily. I want to give Did some get credit. Put over? This... Did Starks get put over in this match, or just it was just okay? I thought uh, he got I put mean, over. Yeah, he he had injured ribs, so really they they focused on that. But I mean, he hit a really, a really devastating looking destroyer pile driver on him, and he hit some. You know, he hit him with the Rochambeau to end it. So, I mean, he's fighting hurt, but he beat Brian Cage hurt. He, if he did the Rochambeau on Brian Cage, they put him yep. over. So go ahead. Spencer. I yeah. want to throw this out uh, in terms of this match. Both uh, Starks and Cage, former members of Team Taz, which RIP no longer exists. Uh, I want to throw this, uh, take a chance to throw a spotlight on the AEW announced team because I want to say how great Taz has been doing filling in for JR since JR has been dealing with his, I want to say, skin cancer is the reason why he hasn't been on as much as he used to be. Uh, Taz brings a lot to the table. And in this match in particular, I think he did a really good job of being like, I'm going to say some facts about the match, but also in character, I shouldn't really be too much a part of this because both of these guys were my guys at one point, and I'm going to back up. He's a real, like, you know, unbiased Jones. It seems like a more believable win for Ethan Page to beat Starks than it is Brian Cage. Sure. Mm -hmm. I I would agree. If that's where we think the tournament's going with a Page win, yeah, getting getting Starks on, quote-unquote, the big the big scene without having him take a loss in the title picture, which, you know, sorry, whoever wins the tournament's losing to MJF. No speculation. Spoiler. Right. I mean, storyline-wise, it makes more sense for Paige to win the tournament because you have that the firm MJF storyline already kind of established, and Paige is part of the firm, so to have him, like, it's all written. do, though. That's the thing. As a solos wrestler, he's crushing it right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, and I mean, somebody that he jobbed out right in the first match of the tournament was Eddie Kingston, who does get his dream match here against Jun Akiyama. Uh, they did have a match on Rampage. It was a tag match between Akiyama and uh, Kateshka. We yeah, saw him a little right. while ago. Whatever. Uh, 
Yeah, yes. And Eddie Kingston ends up getting his one-on-one match with Junakiyama. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. Uh, it's a chop fest. It's it's a brutal match. The only thing that really comes out of this match is Kingston after the match, after he takes the win, in tears, mm-hmm. showing that respect to, to Akiyama, the match that he's always wanted. At the end of this match, Kingston was so overcome with emotion and so vocal about everything. I was standing there with my son, giving him a little burp uh, because we were watching the pay-per-view together. And I turned to my infant son and I said, I think you're about to see Eddie Kingston retire because I was 99% sure based on his emotion, based on what he was saying, that he was like, I got to hang him up, guys. I'm done. And while I was ecstatic to make to see that Eddie wasn't hanging him up, I love Eddie Kingston. And I think he could be a future champion at some point. It was so emotional and like, such a good selling point for the pay-per-view for him to get on mic and be like, by the pay-per-view, like this is going to be something special, especially considering all the stuff that AEW has gone through over the last couple months in terms of like the fallout from all outs brawl out. And I just, I, I thought it was such a cool organic moment to see Eddie get so emotional after this match. Well, instead of retiring, he says, you know, it is, uh, you know, hey, people at home, it's 7.53.40, order the goddamn pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember talking to you, CJ, saying, where is he getting the time from? Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> like, Just kind of like, Bryce, I think he was getting it from, like, the the, be- the timekeeper's desk. Like, they were, like, I think he was making up yeah. bullshit. No, he's probably <laughs> getting it from the ref. He's probably getting I mean, it from Bryce. I mean, he doesn't Bryce. need to be exact. He could just throw numbers out there. Yeah. Like, what, uh, what time? <laughs> uh, it's 7.58. Who gives a shit? Like, you don't think they're, they're – those guys are fed that stuff all the time. That's not how they finish matches. Yeah. They just got that from the ref. It was just – it's normal stuff all the time. It seemed oddly specific, you know, instead of saying, hey, 10 seconds to wrap it up. There was no rep by him to be like, hey, here's the time. He was That's just why he thought himself. he had eight minutes and he had two because there was a promo. <laughs> I don't, I don't need starts. to niche this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that kicks off our pay-per-view, our actual main card pay-per-view. Wait, what? Full gear? Oof. Oh, oh, we'd never get here. Let me turn the dial real quick to full gear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, our opening match was Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage for the kind of the culmination of their little storyline together. I thought that this match was different. It's it's AEW's done a couple steel cage matches in the past, but this one felt different in a way that I don't know if if you all agree with me, but it felt less like a spot fest and more like a real David versus Goliath story. You could see Jungle Boy working to overcome luchasaurus in a way that like we haven't seen people in a long time and i thought that this was a really well done cage match and i thought that by putting the cage as the stipulation in this match it really left a trail for jungle boy to move forward outside of his little uh rivalry with christian outside of his fight with luchasaurus and move into the next phase of his career how many other cage matches were there on that paper uh premium live events uh, in AEW, they are still pay-per-views. Okay. My... Or, only on, or only on the cock. <laughs> That's fair. How many other cage matches are on this pay-per-view? Uh, you've got Wardlow vs. Cody, which I want to say is their first... Uh, on this pay-per-view? Or you think... On this or... pay-per-view. Oh, no. This was the only one on the pay-per-view. That was, this was the only time this stipulation was used on the pay-per-view. You're saying AEW did this correctly. You're not using <laughs> it for every goddamn match. Well done, AEW. Thank hey. you. 
Well, I, I, to to that point, I think AEW does a great job of using like intense stipulations like this or like a dog collar match or something like that sparingly. Like you don't get that like, oh, we're doing this again, uh, which I think is is to their benefit. For sure. For sure. I did and- not care about this cage match. Really? Okay. I did not care for the whole fucking Jungle Boy story. It's so confusing and weird. The fact that they feigned the whole like Luchasaurus was turning on him, but then not and he's come back to the light, except he's been mind controlled by Christian Cage this whole time. Like, is he a fucking dark Sith Lord? What the fuck is happening right I, now? I it's will give them this. Whatever. Very clearly, this whole storyline has been held up by the fact that Christian is injured. I think he's got an elbow injury. Like, he's he's in an air cast or something like that. So they needed to have some sort of payoff. And AEW has a bad habit of just hitting the pause button on their storylines when someone's injured and just, like, kind of keeping them in weird limbo for a while. I point to... Miro as someone we hasn't se- we haven't seen on TV in like the longest time because of this. And so I give right. them credit for being like Jungle Boy can't fight Christian. Let's have him do a program with Luchasaurus friend versus friend and that'll be like a David versus Goliath thing. Uh so I just sure. wish somebody said stop being a fucking dinosaur and get a job. You know, <laughs> Luchasaurus. All right, are you a dinosaur? Are you a lucha? You're kind just get a fucking job, okay? Uh, I have a very, I have a very close friend who used to teach at a high school out here in Los Angeles, where one of her former students was, in fact, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, and so oh. it is, it is my uh, solemn duty whenever I see her to say, "Hey, let me tell you what your former student's up to." And when I saw her yesterday, I said, "Well, this son, this Saturday, your former student fought in a steel cage against his former best friend, who is a dinosaur. And while he <laughs> did get bloodied, he did win, and she was very proud of him. So maybe we should all take a second to be really proud of Jungle Boy." <laughs> and we get this. So Jungle Boy goes over Luchasaurus in the tall cage. I had a two honk match there with the repeated headshots off the cage and the high elbow drop off the top of the cage. Uh, I will say, Jungle. Jungle Boy wore a crimson mask for a lot of this. Twice. Yeah. He said it twice during this match. I was, because I wanted crimson mask as an edit for the last mask. episode. So now I'm like noting myself when it happens <laughs> so I can record it. So I was hyper focusing. My my stream cut out, and within one minute, it's like, Jungle Boy's bleeding! And I'm like, alright, uh, here we go. Someone's <laughs> been talking to Cody on his off time. <laughs> I think you forgot this was AEW. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, this yeah. match did honk. Like I, I was. It was. It was a lot on of on paper. I was like, whatever. But once I started watching, I, I believe I even said to you, Mister Rizzo, I was just like, all right, this match is good. <laughs> you know what I really liked about the match is that the fact that the cage got unlocked, but that wasn't like the end of it. That they went out. There was like a little thing with Christian, and they were like, we got to yeah, finish we this. We called out our own dumbasses on that. Um, <laughs> did you say that this happens? We complained at every about game? it, and then I read on Twitter as we're watching the match, just saying. This is the fifth cage match that AEW has done, and everyone still forgets that you can't win by escaping the cage. So I will remember that for next time, I promise. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, we won't. So moving on to the next match, because we talked about that one, about the cage match for a lot. I actually think the next one was my favorite uh, match of the night, and I gave it my my four honker. Mm-hmm. And this match was the Death Triangle versus the Comeback of the Elite. 
It's so interesting to see the champions come out first, mm-hmm. but in this case, I think it was actually understandable. I still hate it. I, I don't love it, but they came out to their typical intra- entrance, Pac looking like a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. You mean you, um, a bastard. A bastard. I apologize. He a bastard. Is a bastard. And then Mr. Rizzo, what did you see? What did you see with the elite there, buddy? Uh, well, uh, my dumbass didn't go back and write everything down from the little promo when all the lights flickered and then came off and said that basically they're the gears that run the place outside of the machine. Uh, they're the clock that keeps ticking and they will carry on. And Five words. Um, carry on my wayward son. Can I and, jump uh, in real quick and say, listen, I have you already been, did. I've been, you know, I sure have. I've been fantasy booking amazing wrestling intros since like I was 13 years old and not until this Saturday did I realize how much Kansas's carry on my wayward son's fucking slaps as a wrestling intro, bro. Yeah, like, it, it is so goddamn good, <laughs> especially the way that they cut and edited it. I was like, this rules. I held my son and I looked at him and I said, someday. Carry, carry on, on. Words on. Carry on. Yeah, how did I say carry on? My daughter <laughs> fucking hated it. Really? My daughter oh. fucking hated it. Oh. I was to show it to her. I'm like, this is going to be cool. This is going to be cool. She goes, well, where's their cool music? Cool this man! Oh. And I was like, oh, no! She's going to like... And I'm like, well, maybe it won't be forever. And I think it, they... It's going to be forever. That they're coming back with that. So she's going to better get used to it because she likes the baby deers. We we had the victor of this match. It was Death Triangle is keeps their trios title when Phoenix, after a second time, was given the hammer by Pac to use it on Kenny Omega with the description and distraction. And somehow the referee Rick Fox looking directly at him overhead didn't see him use the hammer. Uh, he's got to get fined. This ref is terrible. Uh, so he's the guy to go. I don't. I think they book him when they know they want to do a good angle. He's just maybe his eyesight's not twenty twenty, and they just they just know which guy to use. It's perfect. But uh, Phoenix did a good job. Yeah. he did a good Phoenix job of great. hiding it enough. Oh no, I'm joking. I just mean in kayfabe. That's the perfect ref that they use. He's always out of position. He's just always the guy that just doesn't see it. It's just kind of funny. Since the previous dynamite, I was asking myself. Once they announced that it was going to be Death Triangle versus the Elite at Full Gear, I asked myself, how do you have one of these teams go over? without burying the other team. Like this is the elite's big comeback match. If they lose, how do they not, how is it not like, Oh, whatever. And if they win, how is it not like, well, the EVPs are back. They're going to win their belts back. Everyone saw this coming. And I think the way that they use the hammer as a long-term storytelling of Pac has been trying to get Phoenix to cheat with the hammer for what? Three weeks now, four weeks now, since, since they won it against the best friends, they, perfectly threaded that needle i don't think i don't think i've seen a wrestling story and this isn't necessarily one of the best wrestling stories it's not necessarily going to go down in the history books but i think the way that they use that hammer as a through line to make both the elite stay strong in this loss and death triangle look like oh there's more story going on here i thought this was genius rizzo Uh, i just wanted to make sure everyone knew my honk rating and why i gave it the four honks um, I had the double kick to Pac 
um, where he bloodied his nose. Um, and then when uh, Nick Jackson was outside and he got the Coke when he was saying, is this diet? Is it diet? And then <laughs> Um, that was my favorite spot with there. Uh, the triple tombstone with the tiger driver on Phoenix and then the big BTE trigger. Um, just that's just put it over for me. Just a great stuff all around. Um, and then the use of the hammer. But yeah, just put over with with I actually was happy with that. Like they didn't just show up with the elite and give them the belts back and do a complete reset. They're like, well, where do they go from here? And mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with this. We saw some BTE a little bit already. Yes. It's Tuesday. So we're recording this. Um, and we got a couple things talking about that. The first thing is they showed Kenny talking about them losing the titles with with uh, the Bucks and just saying like, "Wow, like Phoenix is cheating. Like it's it's not the same AEW. What's happened here? When since we gone? What's like? I just kind of like that evolution of where they are with their with their story. Um, but there's some other stuff that happened in the match uh, that they alluded to on uh, BTE. CJ Spence, you got to comment on that a little bit. I just want to say I thought it was super interesting in BTE this week that they kept, they showed specifically the clip of the crowd chanting fuck CM Punk over and over again. And it even sounded like Brandon Cutler was a part of those chants. I don't want to uh, throw the man under the bus if he was and he wasn't supposed to, but it definitely sounded like he was chanting along with them, which I guess go. Even though I saw the man while I was trick-or-treating this Halloween, fuck CM Punk. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just comment. I was gonna comment that if you didn't have that uh, triple pile driver move as one of your honks, I was gonna. I was gonna be a little sad, Mister Rizzo. I think that was my favorite spot because they all they had it where it was like the three of them were doing it, but uh, Omega had the one and uh, Phoenix and Penta had the other two. Nice counter. <laughs> so they reverse it so they get mm-hmm. the three to do it at the same time. I was just like, yeah, was a at that moment, was I was like, stuff. this is a four honk match. I don't even care how this ends. This has just been nonstop action. So many flawless combos. Ugh. Uh, Rewatching uh, the match today with my daughter, I also noticed that after they did the the fuck CM Punk chant, the crowd also for a minute chanted Colt Cabana. <laughs> Colt Cabana. So that's the other awesome. thing in BTE is they kept in like, hey, we've been back as EVPs for a couple weeks, but we're just back as wrestlers. And one of the things they kept back was them being like, okay, Colt, go out there and fight Jericho. We have your back. And I was like, yeah, they oh, did show guys, that. These yep, guys yep. are up to some shit. Uh, the next match, we had Nyla Rose versus Jade Cargill, the TBS champion versus the TBS champion. Um, yeah, that, There's air quotes. There's air quotes. You can't see, see him, but he's doing yeah. them. We can't see your air quotes, Rizzo. Oh, sorry. But I was just going to say it was a fun gimmick. Um, I kind of liked that they did for a while that, Jade, or that Nyla just yeah. stole Jay's belt. Um, <laughs> uh, Jade came out with... With both, I think, CJ and TVZ thinking that she looked like Iron Man. Whoa, 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 put me in with that. That was CJ. That was CJ. It's like, well, Iron Man. And I'm like, yeah, because Iron Man has orange hair. And tattoos. I guess it way older than I am, and I never grew up with that shit, so. Yeah, never had orange hair. You don't have to know who it is. You just can't mistake him for Iron Man. That was my only point. It was Iron Man left out in the sun too long, so his colors faded. (laughs) No, but I also, like, when I was, like, nine or ten, I decided that I didn't want to die a virgin, so I just didn't watch Thundercats. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
And how's that working out for you? Hey, listen. It's it's going very well. (laughs) Two out of the four of us have children. Yeah, exactly. Remember that. So you watch Thundercats with your kids? Moving on to the match. I gave it two honks with the Beast Bomb. Uh, The finish was really badass. You know, Chatira from Thunder, uh, uh, Chatira from Thundercats with the outfit. And uh, JR at one point, they did have a move where he called out that that was bowling shoe ugly. And I just kind of liked the line. Um, but yeah, it was again. It was a solid match for actually. It was probably Jade's like best match I think for a little while with someone stood up. But we don't know what the story is. I think the only nation of speculation is just maybe um, Athena with her new gimmick. But other than that, I don't know what's next. In terms of Jade's TBS uh, defenses, I think this has been one of the best. And I think the Nyla thing was like the most storyline driven. Uh, in the she stole the belt what are we gonna do like it's been better I don't know who she beats next maybe she's already beat Marina Shafir right so like that whole little faction is done I, I don't know I don't know where Jade goes from here to be honest with you. I don't know anything about Marina Shafir I don't know her you know me yes you do you know me Wait, I do know her. I do know her. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know. You don't know nothing about me. Understand this. When the violence play, violence is always on the way. I just... I want to say that I was sad Nyla lost. I was really hoping that she would get it. This whole gimmick had me believing, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, just to echo what everybody said, it was great. I loved it. It was uh, a fun match. It, it Well, I meant her gimmick of being oh, yeah. the TBS champ and stuff like that uh, made me feel like she was going over, and this was her time. I but, did like that in the, like, little, like, image that they do to, like, promote the match. It was Jade Cargill, TBS champion. Nyla Rose, TBS champion. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, keeping it moving with the pay-per-view, we had the Fatal 4-Way for the Ring of Honor Championship for the next match. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Sammy's... I almost said Sammy's Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. And the Ocho going after the uh, ROH title. And I had a three-honker. You know, I had uh, Sammy stopping the Ocho with uh, Sammy's Codebreaker of the Shooting Star Press and then all of the elbows on the shoulder. I kind of like those... Um, I think it went how we thought it was going to go with the unfighting exactly with, with who it went with. And, um, yeah, the Ocho came out victorious, kept his title. Um, I'm not sure where we're going from there for any of them. I mentioned that on it was either Rampage or Dynamite when they had that match that Jericho took the fall. He's going to end up retaining the belt, building on to that Ring of Honor. Hey, I'm going to keep fighting champions until we <laughs> see that hopeful you know, Adam Cole return. It was a fine match. You're not going to see a bad match from Claudio, Jericho, uh, Danielson, and Guevara. Guevara has the most punchable face, like second to me, possibly. Mm-hmm, but like, yeah. it, no, 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 no. His is way more punchable. Like, you it, just it, look it, like, no, you look like Sammy Guevara. <laughs> That's the thing. You look like Sammy Guevara. Oh, thank you. No, but yeah, Spence is someone who has punched me in the face before. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think that, like I said, it was a great match. Guevara, I mean, he hit that Spanish fly on Danielson, which I think is the dumbest fucking move of all time, but 
you know, it's it's a it's a way to uh, it's impressive. To, yeah, and you know, we see a little infighting from the Blackpool Combat Club. Hopefully, it's the end of this fucking feud. I agree. I am so sick of this feud between BCC and and uh, JAS. I can't wait for it to be over. And also, I think that with everything else that happened with the BCC over the course of the pay per view. Hopefully it's the end of it. I, I don't know what I'll do if, if on Wednesday they're like, hey, by the way, JS and BCC, we're going to do another triple threat match. I liked the element they were feigning that Sammy was going to win the belt uh, down to the T of his costume coming out to look like Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun uh, match. It was just a terrible costume. I'm sorry. The SG on it just looked terrible. Uh, Around his nips. Just... Making them rock hard. <laughs> oh, man. Matt Menard would be impressed. Are we going on <laughs> so to the yeah, next, next match? Are we going to the next? Yeah. yeah, next match in the card, we had Soraya versus Britt Baker, DMD. And I don't know if I'm the minority on this one. I didn't hate the match. I just only gave it one Hawks. I like that the way that the match. Wow, he really hates women's were... wrestling. Oh, one my God. He hates Ooh. ladies. I like that they were really working Soraya's back and her neck. Like, that was most of the match. But it was good for the card. There weren't a lot of stipulations. This was just to get Soraya at her name. And she did what she was supposed to do on it. But because of everything else in the card, it just didn't really stand out. And, uh, yeah, that's it. It was just one-off. My only complaint about this match is that I feel like Soraya sold too well to the point where, A, it felt like Britt was, as I put in our little chat group, uh... Uh, weekend at Bernie'sing her across the ring a little bit, like making sure that she got there. And B, it made me legitimately like worried, like, oh God, Soraya broke her neck again. And so like, while I understand you want to sell it to like pull that drama, it was a little too much for me. And I I couldn't like separate fantasy from reality. But she also worked us with it. That's why I wrote it down. Like she did exactly. thing, ah, I don't know, whatever. Then she stood up like, ha ha. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just, I kind of liked what they, they played with us. They, that's why, that's why I gave it the one. Yeah. I, I didn't have much on the match. Like I said, it did what it was supposed to do. Um, and we'll see what happens for ne- the both of them next. We'll see what happens with either one. Let's jump okay. to my to my favorite match of the card for the night, which is Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And the reason why this was my favorite match was because of the finish. I think this was one of the best finishes that AEW has done in the last couple of years. I think it was a great way to establish Samoa Joe as a monster heel, as someone who's going to fuck you over if you give him even an inch of, of space. Try to find out around him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fucked around. You found out. And I think it also allowed Wardlow to move away from the TNT championship, which, let's be honest, has been more of an anchor since Miro lost it than and than a, a, bu- a buoy. I wasn't sure if during this match, I think we had all picked different people, and I think CJ might have picked Powerhouse. Because it's the correct about, move? Well, oh, that's what I was getting at. Thinking about the other what stuff, I think that might have been the better way to do it is because not only would you have helped Ricky Starks with what his story's going through for what he did to Powerhouse, but Powerhouse would be – making a star here by getting that. So I just think it would have worked out if he would have gotten the title more than Joe getting it. Either I don't way, think my boy won. I picked Samoa there. Joe. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't I think guess it's... it's a way to get rid of the Ring of Honor title, um, yeah. the TV title, or at least put it away for a little while. But I still, it's just the wrong choice. 
Um, it's great to have Smojo on air. The guy can cut a promo, but this was the time for Hobbs to have it, and I think they botched the booking. See, I, I disagree with you there. I think that if they are going to, which a lot of people are rumoring, they're going to merge the TNT with the ROH TV title, which, fine, whatever. I think having Samojo be your first cha- your first dual belt champion in terms of this of it is a good way to go because he's a guy who can hold his own. He's got Ring of Honor bonaf- bona fides and he can cut a promo. And more more importantly, at Revolution, when Hobbs finally overcomes him, that's a better storyline. I got screwed so, out of the title, so now one on one, I'm going to come and, and comfort. I think that's a more fun story to tell. So what you're what you're doing is you're putting a band-aid on a situation, a belt that shouldn't even be on TV on your programming, and this is the way to do it. I don't what belt, I don't agree. What belt with are that. you saying shouldn't be on TV? The one that's named after the network they're on, or the one that's called the TV TV title? The, the one that's the one that's called the TV title because it wasn't even shown on TV. I mean, it wasn't even defended on TV. This was a pay per view, right? I mean, I I, I think that I think that's I say, mo- everything to do with Ring of Honor. Just when we get a TV deal after the first of the year, maybe be happy. We just don't like that. Any of it's on there. It was a cool match, but with the belts, everything with the belts is just muddled, and we don't like it. It just we're just. Eh. There are a lot of belts. There are. I think with Ring of Honor being a part of it, there are probably too many belts. And I'm always one who's been like, more belts, please. Let's give everyone a chance to shine. But the difference in the past is what you had different promotions of people who were just showing up. Now, if the equivalent is that NXT is now on Raw and SmackDown Mm -hmm. and they have the belts with them. And they also compete for the NXT titles on Raw and SmackDown. It just it just doesn't work. There's just too much. And when they put them separate, we'll be okay with it. That's that's just the issue. I, They're I all agree. In the same spot. I agree with you. I think a merger in this particular thing, if they're going to fight, if they're going to use it the same way that they're using the All-Atlantic title, which is the technically anyone can win it, if this is the belt that goes between AEW and ROH, when ROH gets its own TV deal, I think that'll be a lot more fun. But right now it's stuck in this weird limbo. But I, I didn't hate the end of, I didn't hate the end of this match. I thought that Samoa Joe stealing the win from Wardlow is a great way to kind of like, push that forward. I think you want Wardlow free of a belt for what happened in the main event, because that's an easy like rematch to set up. And I think that like this sets up powerhouse for a longer storyline on the other way on the, on the rest of it. So moving on to the next match, we had Jay lethal double J a wild slap nuts. Appears. Double J Jeff Jarrett. And a body bag. Um, with Darby Allen and Sting, um, uh, which at one point turned into like the chant, the crowd chanting a TNA match, uh, because of the history with Sting and uh, Jeff Jarrett. Um, but yeah, it was, it was okay. I actually gave it three with uh, Jay back on the hardest, Jay's uh, back in the hardest part of the ring, um, like the strut that JJ did and uh, the coffin uh, guitar shot, like the, the coffin drop that. Come on! Yeah, Gerald wallops him with the guitar. Oh my god, I love this. I'm I'm watching this match, talking it off, talking to TBZ, explaining to him why Jeff Jarrett is the premier athlete right now in AEW. I mean, as far as a Hall of Famer is concerned, he's my go-to. Double J, baby. Jeff Jarrett all day. Anybody that disagrees is a total slap nuts. But <laughs> I just want to call a slap nuts a slap nuts. I first said 
this is terrible. I don't understand it. And y'all called me slap nuts. Then I went on and said, you know what? I think I get it. This is actually like a two honker. And then Rizzo was like, you can't do that. And then Chris is like, this is terrible. What are you talking about? And I was like, what do you mean slap nuts? (laughs) (laughs) It's so So good. So I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. I I try to do both and I just get yelled at whatever I happen. So no, my opinion of Jeff Jarrett has not changed. I fucking hate him. Get him off TV now, please. He put on an okay match. He he took his bumps fine. I don't disagree with you. I don't think Jeff Jarrett is long for TV, and he shouldn't be at least. Um, you know, Satnam Singh in the match, the big guy, they actually used him pretty well. Like, you know, he was a giant. He was a beast for most of it, but they figured out a way to take him out of it. Yeah, and, he was actually interacting. I was like, this is the most we've seen out of him. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Lethal eats the pin for a Darby Allen Sting victory the way it should Doing be. Doing his job, always getting pinned. It's the way it should be. In terms of, excuse me, uh, CBZ, uh, people who are being... <laughs> CJ, it's good. Sorry, I'm slipping up back and forth. Uh, people who are being... What used- drink are you on? Are you still on number two? I'm on three now, baby. Ooh, <laughs> Uh, Spence. Three, three drinks and a sick kid. Here we go. <laughs> um, but, no uh, sleep, in terms everyone. People, people who are being used well by AEW, I want to just use this as an opportunity to say again how well they're using Sting. It would be really yes. easy to have him be like a nostalgia act who just is like, in the same way they use Goldberg of like, at WWE, excuse me, uses Goldberg of like, here he is, you've got to overcome him. But like, he works well with Darby, pairing him against Lethal and Jeff Jarrett is like, really inspired in terms of that kind of thing. I feel like they're using Sting really well. But at the same time, I feel like he's nearing the end of his run. Like, I won't be surprised to see the Sting retirement match in the next couple months or a year or so. But, like, I think they're doing a really good job with him. Sting, you want to jump off that balcony? Not really. We promise we'll catch you. I guess. All right. (laughs) Jump off that fucking balcony. (laughs) Uh, I just, the no selling, you got to tone it down a bit. All right, like it, it it's St- you're doing Stinger a good job Darby. utilizing him, but he like you can't just no sell everything. I think I remember during this match in the pay per view, I was like, "Don't do that." He'll just no sell it. And I think he actually did too. I was just like, "They just don't know Sting." I have said in the past, and I'll say it again for I think for the first time in this podcast, the funniest part of AEW to me is that Sting is a sixty three year old man who shows up and everyone in their like prime of their life in their mid twenties to thirties is like, Oh fuck, it's this guy. We gotta get out of here. Sting. It's Sting. It's Sting. You have to understand, right. he has had twenty five years of practice in how to punch people, so his punches have to hurt five times as much. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I mean, it's fucking, he can jump off of balconies. Fuck him, man. Sting's going. Sting's going, man. This guy's got it. So, great stuff. We'll see what happens with uh, with uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett in the next. Um, the body bag, Darby and Sting actually got the victory, but we'll, we still, we're going to talk about Jeff Jarrett down the road. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, we will. But Let's keep hope it not moving, keep it much moving. of my chagrin. I well, love it. Not, it's my favorite segment. Are we going to do it now? Are we going to do it next week? No, next yeah, week. Like I said, sure. Moving on. Next, the next match in the card, we had the interim women's championship match, which was Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. 
And I think at certain points in this match that the crowd was here for Jamie Hayter just as much as they were here for the Young Bucks, uh, probably the second hottest they were during um, during the show. Um, I personally gave it a three honker um, with the double drop kick. You know, Reba coming out. The Tony Lariat with the bloody nose looked really awesome. And then the kick out by the Storm Zero, which was amazing. And just to conclude the match, we had both Reba and Britt Baker come out to help Jamie Hayter win. And both times that she came out, those ladies came out, she didn't win. But on top of all of that, she did overcome and become the new interim women's champion, Jamie Hayter of I AEW. Myself. I did not expect that at all. I want to say for all the flack that AEW's gotten about its women's division, rightfully so, over the last couple of years, I think this match was match of the night. I'm almost willing to put it there. Like it's it's a four hopper no. for me. I think What's that it's with tied with a trio match, with but I I really loved this match. Trios and match, best I, match. I I give it. I think they're on equal footing to me. Anyway, uh, the subjective it, art form of professional <laughs> wrestling. Or but, your upcoming main event. But if like, this, but if if, if what I'm saying is that if AEW was like, we need to do something or the women's division to make it seem like to, to overcome all the arguments, all the complaints and things like that. The Soraya Britt match wasn't that this was that match. And I was really happy to see how good it was. Well, and I'm actually a big Jamie Hayter fan simply because of TBZ. TBZ calls. That's why you're a fan. Because he's drinking that haterade. Well, that's part of it, being the most hateful person in Hollywood, Florida, by far. Uh, It's because TBZ called Jamie Hayter from a long time ago, months ago, saying, oh, yeah, Jamie Hayter's really good. They should give her a chance, give her a chance. They gave her a chance, and she does pick up the victory here in a really good match. I remember watching this match saying, God damn it, I hate this. God damn it, I hate this, because they kept teasing that hater win. They kept pulling it away from her. This is why I was surprised she won. I was like, no way. They've, they've done it enough already. Fuck these guys. Yeah, exactly. It, it actually made me feel something. So good on them. I also want to give them credit because it would have been real easy to tie the hater win in with her breakup with Britt Baker. And I like that that hasn't happened yet because that lets the storyline breathe in a way that sometimes we're worried it's not going to. Yes, I, that was, I guess, another reason why I didn't expect it so soon because mm-hmm. I thought those two were going to be intertwined. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was a lot on the ladies. Uh, happy for Jamie Hader. The interim part of the belt is something we'll touch on in another week or two. Because yeah, it means not the real one, not the real one. That's what that fucking means. Um. So yeah, the next match in the card, we had the tag match between Swerve in Your Glory with uh, the Swerve acclaimed. Scott and Keith Lee versus the Acclaimed, and I don't remember any of it, but I know the rap was great. So scissor me, scissor me. Yeah. Yeah, We're all guys. scissoring. Let's get a, cir- a circle scissor going on. Uh, but yeah, I gave the match a three honker because the Acclaims uh, kept their title belts because of a few things that happened in the match. Uh, Keith Lee had a crossbody on the barrier that was nasty. Uh, Swerve back kicks, which is cool. And then the fact that Swerve was trying to get Keith Lee to use the pliers during the match, and Keith Lee said, not only am I not using this crap, I'm out. And he just was left. Wild. He just left him alone and was like, have fun in this tag match by yourself. And he couldn't Braun Strowman that crap and continue to win the belts with the kid in the crowd. So he lost. 
It would have been um, incredible it, if he did. Almost he as did if Keith Lee said, Sir, I disagree with your insistence of using contraband in this here competition. So therefore, I shall excuse myself and move forward into the locker room. That is like he said that. Yes, that's exactly like pretty much. Yeah, no, that's spot on. That's what how I would Keith Lee talks. Yeah. That's how Keith Lee talks. Oh, uh, Spence must have gotten the script from AEW. <laughs> uh, I will say during the first acclaimed uh, swerve match at All Out, my wife watched it with me, and it was like she doesn't watch wrestling that often. And she said during that match, the acclaimed should have won that match. Like, and that was like her biggest thing walking away. And so it was really heartening to be like, oh yeah, not only did they win at uh, Grand Slam, but they're continuing to win. I it, it it was great. I don't know. I really liked this match. This match had me a believer. I, I I noted in my notes several times. What if Swerve won? What if? Like the last team that cheated during their championship match, they won. So maybe. Dare I say that would have been a swerve? <laughs> Which is why Keith Lee walked out, and I was I was beside myself, Mister Rizzo. You're saying he just left, and I was like, oh man. Even after he left. They had a moment where they're like, what if Swerve accidentally still won? And I was like, this could happen. Yeah, would yeah. Keith Lee have came back and tried to rec- retroactively take in one of the titles? Or Swerve just would have walked around with two all the time? Uh, I think, I think I, not to, get, to call it the nation real quick. I think Swerve would have kept being like, hey, bud, I won these for you. We're pals, right? And he, it would be this whole like, no, you cheated. He's like, I could be better. Please be my teammate. He's like, I think. <laughs> I think clearly uh, Swerve would have given the other belt to Rick Ross, and they would have been a tag, the tag team champs for a while. <laughs> That's actually probably what would have happened. Like, actually, yeah, if they if they did that angle, Rick Ross would be our fucking champion. Yeah, the boss. But, I mean, really, uh, well, uh, fuck all these other matches. Fuck all these other matches, okay? The pre-card, everything up into this match, fuck all of Zero that. Hour has now officially ended, and it's yeah. time for actual AEW. It's time to crank it up to the real fullest gear, the fullest gear imaginable. It's time for the main event. Moxley versus MJF. We all know how this is going to go, right? Like, MJF's going to win, right? Moxley right? overcomes. He's going to win, right? Please tell we me gotta, a win. We gotta slow play like this that, whole thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> going into this, it's like that meme with uh, uh, nope. the Star Wars meme. <laughs> he's gonna win. Right? Oh yeah, he's gonna, <laughs> yeah, win, right? he's gonna do... <laughs> But well, we I mean, yes. Yeah, show... sl- yeah, we need to tell everybody exactly what happened when MJF got to the ring, and I like to personally rank Pete. Uh, premium live events and pay-per-view matches with my honk rating. And I specifically don't give them a rating until the bell rings. But I joked the things that MJF did before he got in the ring instantly gave him two honks. And that's because he walked up to a lady. (laughs) He locked up to the lady in the crowd and he whispered something into her ear. And then he buried his face in her chest and motorboated her. And then he went <laughs> to the ring. And I was just like, oh my god, two hawks. You're not that, supposed to cheer for this man. And I was just like, oh my god, that was disgusting. Why did he do that? That's hilarious. So before you know, he's even started the show, I, he, I popped for that. But during the match, the crowd was just here for the new champ. Like, like TBZ said, like CJ said, I believe Spence said as well. We were all here for the crowning of MJF taking the 
the title away from Moxley. And once Moxley knew that he was not getting cheered as anymore, he had a smile. On, excuse me, he had a smile on his face. He knew what he had to do. Um, there was a pile jowl through the table, but we had. Uh, but MJF really didn't do it on his own. Um, anyone want to speak to how the finish of the match went? CJ, actually, you want to take it from here? Mr. Rizzo, I've got a, a quick question for the group real quick, and it's something that I saw written after this pay-per-view, and it's that AEW's championship matches never feel like a surprise. They always feel like a coronation. Like, there's matches we go into and we know that the belt's going to change hands to go to the next person. And I want to know from the group whether or not we like that, in terms of AEW, or we think that they could stand to have a, um, a little bit more of a shock value when it comes to their world championship? The promotion is in its infancy, and it's very, very difficult to have a shock champion right now. Tony Khan is very, very big on prestige and, and making something actually mean something. So after a little while, we will see that belt hopping a little bit. Um, and I think that that goes with the surprise championship win. Um, but that's my opinion on it. I think it's a little too early to tell, but it's something that will come. Okay. That's on the re right now. We're going through a reset with AEW with the last paper, the brawl out with what happened and then this new one, but we're burying the lead. What happened with the finish of this match, CJ? How well, did this it end? This Von Kaiser ass looking motherfucker who's wearing these red pants, who's getting booed. Um, he ends up, you know, eating a couple moves from MJF, and he's down and out. MJF is beaten up as well. MJF heat seeker, yeah, hidden, yeah, exactly. Uh, he, nailing that heat seeker. He has the dynamite diamond ring on, and William Regal comes back from commentary. He comes Don't out make and me he shake my finger at you. <laughs> he shook his damn finger at MJF. Oh, he did. <laughs> and he said, "Don't you dare use your dynamite diamond ring." Use this instead. Use these brass knucks. <laughs> so he slips MJF the brass knuckles. MJF takes him, wallops Moxley with him. One, two, three. And new AEW world champion MJF. And he looks good with that belt. The he best. looks fucking great with that and belt. the world. Regal also had an amazing smile on his face after he saw what MJF had accomplished. And he if there's anything else, before I go on, anything else you have to say about the match? Because I do want to go with the post, um, the post angle with the media scrum. Well, I do want to mention all of the references, the cheeky references that MJF had to CM Punk and and other references that he made throughout the match and after the match, doing the Snow Angels and, and all those things. He is a mark through and through. He loves the wrestling business and little things like that. He's working us. He's showing us that he can be a face. He can be a heel. We're going to we just we, we love the guy. He's got everything. He's 26 really years old. It'll be really interesting to see what they do with MJF next, because I feel like there is that, especially where AEW is right now, given, again, the brawl out from all out. The, oh, MJF is actually a face now, because he's the guy who came back and things like that. 
I really hope they keep him heel. I think a good heel champion is something AEW hasn't had since, I don't know, Jericho at this, maybe Kenny. Well, Kenny, yeah. MJF but, is not face. No, I but, but. I don't know why we think that. No, he but there's been a lot of people being like, he's getting crowd reactions like he's a face because people love him. So here's, so, here's the issue with MJF. But he's a heel. Here's the problem with MJF. He is a heel, but how much nuclear heat can he possibly draw being oh. a heel while still getting cheered. Honestly, I think that right now it's a dangerous game to play as AEW not making him go face. He won as a heel, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But I think that unless they let this this face run play out, he's going to struggle a little bit as a heel, and I hate to say it. I don't like to saddle anyone with this because I feel like it's an unfair comparison, but it reminds me a lot of when Stone Cold first won the championship. Stone Cold won it as a heel. He was the bad guy, but because his whole thing was, I hate my boss, I'm going to fight my boss, everyone was like, yeah, this dude rules. Like, let's go with it. And I feel like that's kind of what MJF is going with right now, so it'll be really interesting to see where it goes from here. MJF as Stone Cold Steve Austin. You heard it here. For, here, you heard it here first, folks. Um, I've been. We've been all saying that MJF is the best in the mic. I think he's mm-hmm. too good on the mic for it to matter. I'm not saying that you that CJ's speculation of him struggling a little as a heel might have you know might have might be a little right, but I just think that he's going to be able to carry whatever what he says week to week or wherever he is, and he's going to be able to say something or do something that is going to get people to to put him where he wants. I'm not saying that Babyface might not have been a, a good way to go with a different. But I just his media strum told us what he's at. He just what, what face talk shit. What face is he going to feud with that people are actually going to care about? That's the problem. He's he's got getting, you mean let's face the title, take him off him? No, or, or to even feud with that people Ethan would care about. Page. I, could, I could see him yeah. having a great oh no a heel face feud with Eddie Kingston. It's it's yeah. Daniel Danielson Hangman is the only and answer. Hangman or Eddie Kingston? I think I think Eddie Kingston is the the great MJF feud because it's the young kid who got crowned early in his career to the guy who's been. Yep, like slumming at his entire life, and I think that's and a it, fun thing. And Eddie Kingston's going to take the belt from him. That's believable. Yeah, that's the only. Sorry, that's I mean that's forward. that's that's the problem. And same and, thing and, with uh, Hangman. And when he does, it'll be one of the loudest pops in AEW. Since oh, it'd be, maybe, it'd be, yeah. I don't. I don't even know. Uh, it's just. Kingston would be probably trying to be faced, but probably heel. I don't know. It's just we're going to see a lot of weird shit coming out of this angle, and I love it. Your comparison to Stone Cold, your comparison to Stone Cold Steve Austin is is brilliant and wonderful. Well, that's definitely right. But just putting that, uh, try to put everything in perspective. The first thing we did when he got his title belt is try to figure out who the hell is going to take it off him. So, like, I really think that we just like, hey, the dude's the effing champ. We'll see what happens for a while. I don't think we should even think about who his challenger that's going to beat him would be. I know that's kind of what we do here with the nation of speculation sometimes, but like, let's just slow down a little bit and enjoy what we saw. And to touch on a little bit of what Spence had started before I, we got to the finish with who was going to be uh, or what we would like, whether it be a coronation or a surprise, I think with, like CJ said, with the infancy of the company – we're going to eventually get surprised. 
um, and because we don't get the coronation. So, I mean, that's just maybe where we're at right now, and we'll see something differently. But, yeah, that's uh, that's where I got to say with this match. CJ, what else you got with – you got nothing else on this match, CJ? I was just going to rant about how I don't like a certain group of people, but I guess it's time for our Tope Suicida moment of the week. Time for time for our Tope. So uh, I guess I'll – do you want me to start here first? Because we do got – just so you gentlemen remember, we do have a War Games Survivor Series coming up. So do keep that in mind. We have a bunch of matches that haven't been announced. I am more than, than ready to take our first Tope Suicida moment if you guys want me to. It is going to be Alberto Del Rio making his comeback. No, I'm kidding. Um, although that would be wonderful. My my Tope Suicida moment of the week is Bubbles. Bobby Lashley taking the United States Championship from Seth Rollins. The only reason for that is to set Bobby Lashley on his own feud with Theory and Mustafa Ali and whoever the fuck wants to go up against him. But more importantly, to possibly set Seth Rollins up for a feud with Roman Reigns. Solid. Solid. Either I'm gonna or, go last. He's biding his time. Uh, I can do I can do next. Tope my tope for this one is gonna be that the best of seven series, and I know we didn't really talk about this, between Death Triangle and the Elite is going to go to seven, and we're not gonna be mad about it. We're gonna think that each it's gonna be banger after banger after honker Excuse after honker. Me. There are no bangers here, only honkers. I, 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 halfway through that statement, I realized what I'm saying. But <laughs> don't I worry, think, I still do it all the time. If you're setting up a best of seven series, I think that that has the way to do it. I think they did a really nice job, especially again to to link back to BTE this week, where they were like, "Yeah, maybe this isn't the AEW we left." I think that could be a really cool storyline to be like. We have to keep fighting these guys, and it's back and forth, and maybe we're not what we used to be. Maybe that two months we took off, I think that would be really fun. So that's that's my two is tope. We're going to get that best of series. It's going to go to game seven, and we're going to be like, this is the best series of matches we've ever seen. Seven CJ. matches, seven storylines, and maybe seven times that we get to hear carry on my wayward son. I'll take it. <laughs> Hater. You mentioned uh, earlier in the episode I'd called called it a while ago so now that she won let's see what she's got she's here to show that she doesn't fuck around she finds out haters gonna hate all right for my tope suicina segment like i'd mentioned make sure you go out and check the media scrum with uh mjf telling everybody uh to f off and walk out it was really great it's gonna be awesome with him but my real Tope Suicina is the match that was announced for Wrestle Kingdom. And I've only been mentioning this for a few years now. I've been trying to get you to guys to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling's like WrestleMania every year that happens around the first of the year. Um, I'm not expecting you guys to watch the whole card, like the four or five hour pay-per-view. But I'm really hoping that I can get you to watch maybe three or four matches. And the big match this year, well, not the big match, but one of the big matches is going to be Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for United States title at Wrestle Kingdom on, uh, I believe it's January 4th. That um, match is so, going to honk. That's a so four honker can, already. Yeah, so if we can get you guys to watch that, um, you know, if you're not going to stay up and watch it live, uh, maybe just watch it the next day 
which that's normally how I watch the New Japan Pro the stuff as well. Um, and we can go at least maybe through that match and maybe the two or three of the main event with Okada this coming uh, January. But, yeah, that's my Tope Suicina. Look out for Wrestle Kingdom for uh, New Japan. Mr. Rizzo, um, I'll trade you a few episodes of Raw and SmackDown for Wrestle Kingdom. How's that sound? No! Got him! Got him! I Watch do have the goddamn a, shit we cover. <laughs> I, I do have one other crazy Tope Suicida moment, and that is for Paul White to continue reprising the role of Captain Insano to get Adam Sandler on a dynamite Bobby Boucher Spiro referee. It's going to be great. That's wow, are we doing respect. a top three nope, Tope nope, segments sorry, had, of the week had now? To get it, had to get it in, baby. Had to get my shit in. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I wasn't able to bring my awesome NXT minute. We'll bring it back next week after the, the holiday. Better than ever. Double the minutes. <laughs> and have fun at your Thanksgiving Day uh, dinner. And don't start a Thanksgiving Day Donnybrook. Uh, we'll see you next week. Honk. Uh, honk.